Um, but I'm so excited to introduce, can we give a warm welcome to Pastor Darren Fisher? Um, just a little clarification, I didn't quit my job and move to Hawaii. Um, I did transition there for ministry, being led by the Lord. And you're all probably so jealous because Hawaii, yes, I know. Um, and then because of faithful service there, he said, how about Sacramento now? Um, and so Hawaii to Sacramento um, is just a wonderful change. Harder for my wife, who is from Hawaii. So uh, my wonderful wife is here with me today. Let's everyone say hi, Lindsay. We just finished uh, helping lead our men's conference, which shout out, I see that shirt right there, changed my man, okay. Um, we just had our district men's conference uh, down in the Sacramento area the last two days. Oh, another one right there. Okay, come on, who else? Who was at the men's conference? Throw your hand up, who was there? Some folks in the room. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. I like you guys representing the shirts, okay? Um, I didn't even get one of those shirts, and so I feel sad. Yeah, they gave one to my wife, but not to me, and um, I'm a guy, so I, I, don't, I missed out somehow. Um, well, I am truly honored to be here with you all this morning. Once again, um, if you may, I have been here with you guys before. Um, you may remember me as the guy who broke the apple that one time. Um, and yeah, you guys were like, oh yeah, I recognize that dude. That's the guy. Um, and this morning, I'm really privileged to be here with you guys once again. Um, I want to tell you what is in store for this morning. Okay, I don't want you to be surprised later on in the service. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the Bible. Then a little later on from here, I'm gonna ask those who have a sickness or infirmity, who need healing from the holy God to come forward and we're gonna anoint you and we're gonna pray for you today. And we're gonna believe God for healing in your body. And then for those that may be here who have not yet chosen to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we're gonna have a time to do that as well. We're gonna pray for you. And I'm sharing that because I want you to know I'm going to ask you to come down and we want to pray for you later in this service. And so I want to prepare your hearts for that moment. And I'm here sharing that as well just to affirm the moments where we hear God speak to us like that word of knowledge that we had, right? She was sharing about healing. None of you knew that I was coming here today to have a moment to pray for people to be healed. But here we are, trusting the Lord for what he wants to do. I want to thank Pastor David for allowing me to be here in this pulpit once again. Um, it's always a privilege when I get to be the speaker who comes on vacation times, right? Because the pastor's not here to jump up and stop me um, if I do something crazy. So I am thankful for that trust. Um, and can I just say, um, I was very impressed last week in your service at Mother's Day, some of the things you ladies have in your purses, all right? Yeah. There was some great stuff. Yeah, I saw that 22-pound purse. I mean, it was kind of, I mean, you, I think there was some baby stuff in it. Let's, I mean, it was big. I saw that was a kind of a mini backpack, but it was heavy. It was good. But on this side, maybe you're seated here. Someone had some licorice in their purse. Who is it? Praise God for you, okay? I, I think it is important to travel with snacks, okay? Um, and so I, I was, thank you for having licorice available. You got any right now or? Oh, it's all right, okay. I'm a little hungry, that's why I was just asking. Um, and on Mother's Day last week, Pastor David shared about prodigals, um, a great message here at High Point. Before that, um, our district superintendent was with you guys, Pastor Brett Allen, he was sharing with you how this is the time. Um, it's right now that God is moving in incredible ways, and we're going to continue that journey here. Um, a couple weeks before that, Pastor David shared uh, with you finishing up a series I think you guys had right on James about wisdom from James and so this morning I'm here to share with you about the word of God and so it says this in Psalm 119 
verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Say it again. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day that you have given us to gather together in your house. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you meet us here in this place. So would you help us today to pause, to settle our souls, and to meet with you here today. I pray, Lord, that your word would become alive. I ask, oh God, that you would accomplish your purposes for which you have brought us together. So Lord, I ask that the miraculous would be done. Lord, we give you this service. We give you our hearts. We give you our minds. Speak to us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've recently been drawn back to a captivation in my life with the word of God. Um, I got saved in high school. I shared a little of my story last time I was with you, but just as a recap, I got saved in high school uh, because of an invitation to a youth group and some free pizza. And so, yeah, so praise God for free food and youth ministry. Actually, in all ministry, food tastes better when it's free. Amen. Um, and so I got saved because of some free pizza invitation to a youth group. But what I, when I look back on those early years of my faith, so much of how God shaped me in my faith was with this book right here that we call the Bible. And yes, I went to youth group and I was going to church on Sundays, you know, big church is what we called it. And so, you know, I'd go to big church and um, I do all those things. But I decided as a young Christian that I was just going to read this book. Um, a friend of mine actually gave me my first Bible, and uh, I started to read through it. A little bit later, my youth pastor got me an NIV study Bible, and so I started to read through really the New Testament a lot. Um, I've read the Gospel of Matthew probably more and studied on it more than any other book in the Bible, not just because I think it's a wonderful text, but also because I kept trying to start reading the New Testament all the way through, and I would stop and then start over, like a lot, Okay. And so I read through Matthew a lot. But I started to read this book, and I came across so many incredible truths inside Scripture. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try to live my life like this. And it wasn't just because I heard a preacher preach it. It was because I myself opened up the Word of God and allowed it to mold me, to shape me, to grow me. And along with the work of the Holy Spirit and wisdom I was receiving in church services and small groups and discipleship, God really shaped my life and continues to do so. I'm sharing that with you because today we're going to share a lot of scripture in this house. And I know that's okay because I know the word of God changes lives and has the power to do so. So we're going to do that today. So I'm going to invite you to follow through some scripture with me. Um, I have something with me that recently really sparked a new interest. I've always wanted to be a magician. So here we go. You guys are like, wow, he had a whole lamp in his pocket? I did. Um, on the screen up there, you see a picture of a first century oil lamp. And what I'm holding in my hand right here is a replica of a first century oil lamp. Now, maybe you are familiar with modern oil lamps. You know, they look a little more kind of lantern-y style, right? But this is a first century oil lamp. And they would fill it with a little bit of oil, They'd run a wick kind of up to the front here. They'd light that on fire and it would give light. And I want you to see this today because when you read that verse in Psalm 119 and it says that your word is a lamp for my feet, 
a light on my path, this is what they were talking about. This little tiny lamp right here. Now I've recently learned, and I don't know the proper words here, okay, so forgive me, but that um, in that time they had a little contraption that they would use to hang their oil lamps down by their feet when they walked at night. And I don't know about you, but just think with me for a second. This small little lamp would not create a lot of brightness for you, would it? It's not a flashlight. Now, we think of lamps sometimes, and we think of a flashlight, that I can shine it down a path and see what's ahead of me. But the truth is, we understand this in context, when we understand that it's a light to my path, it's a light right here and about one step ahead of me. It's all I can see. It's all that the Lord's illuminating for me, and he's directing me down this path, and I can see the next step. And then I can see the next step. Now, if you're a planner like me, that's not a great plan, <laughs> right? You're like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, but like, can we just like, can someone else walk down there and then sh- like make a map for me, and I'll just follow that one? But that would really lose some trust in the Lord leading us, I think. And so this reality of the lamp is what I want to talk about today. That the word is a light to our path, a lamp unto our feet, and that the Lord is showing us where to go. So I'll say it to you this way today, is I believe that within the pages of scripture is all the answer and truth that you need for life and godliness. Lindsay, can I hand this to you? That's a friends of ours. We don't want to break it today. When I was preparing to come here, someone brought me an actual first century oil lamp that was dug up at an archaeological dig site, and I said, I'm not taking that one. (laughs) We're not risking that being broken in the car. So living out God's word really must be our foundation. I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. It says this, as the rain and the snow came down, come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's saying to us here that his word comes out of his mouth and it doesn't fail to do what it intended to do. It will accomplish everything he desires for it to accomplish. It's going to succeed. It's going to make it happen. When I read that passage in Isaiah, I'm so challenged in my own life to open this up more. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? You're maybe recalling that we talk about the word, that the word became flesh, and his name is Jesus. What's so beautiful is that Jesus was living out in his earthly life an example based on scripture, based on the principles and the truth that God had given to us all throughout even the Old Testament. The Old Testament is so beautiful if you haven't lived there and studied there. There's so much great things you can find throughout the Old Testament. And this is the truth here, is that Isaiah is reminding us in this passage that God's word doesn't return void. Here's how I interpret that today. That when God speaks to me through his word in a way of life, that when I live it, it's going to accomplish the purpose he desired. Let me make it simpler this way. When God wants to do something, he's going to choose to use you. 
And in order to do it, you might need some direction on how to do it. And it's right here in his word. It was described to me long ago that Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. I love the acronym. I never forgot it. It's not like, don't, it's not theological, okay? That's not like written in scripture. It doesn't say that. But to me, it's stuck. Hey, this is an instruction manual, right? Now, let's be real. When you order something, okay? Anyone ever been to Ikea before? Right? Y'all been to Ikea, okay? Who actually reads the instruction manual? I'm that dude, right? Right? I open the book. I go through every page, right? Some of the guys here are like, got it. I know how to make things, right? And then you end the project, and there's like 30 extra pieces, and you're like, I probably needed those somewhere. <laughs> but you're like, not as good. It's standing up. It's fine, right? So many times we take those instruction manuals, and we just toss them to the side. Friends, I want to encourage you today. Don't do that with this one. You know, some facts about this is that this is the most sold book in history. They estimate that about 25 or so million Bibles are sold in the United States every single year. You know what's funny? Is it's also the most stolen book in the world. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's the most thefted book out of bookstores in the entire world is this book right here. Man, they didn't get to the Ten Commandments before they took it. They didn't miss that one, yeah? <laughs> Yeah. So all that to say is we all have access to this great book. You can have it even on your phone. So I want to jump to James, and I want to read a couple verses to you from James chapter 1. And uh, here's what it says in James chapter 1. I'm going to add a little bit to some text you might see here. But it says this, starting in James 1.19, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says looks like, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Do not deceive yourselves by just listening to the word. Do what it says. Do what it says. You know, I think about this kind of analogy here, and it, a good one for me is pick any topic that you wanted to, okay? Weight loss, parenting, teaching, any, anything you wanted to. And just think with me here for a moment that you could sit back in your recliner and read every single word that has ever been written about that topic. In fact, you could become an expert on that topic, okay? You could become an expert on weightlifting and going to the gym and working out and all of these things. But then you could also be 400 pounds in the recliner as an expert in these things. And someone would say, what value does this bring to you if you've never actually done it? The problem is we do the same thing often with scripture. 
We sit back, we read it, we enjoy our coffee, we get our nice Instagram photo, right? We do our nice TikTok reel like we're doing our stuff here, letting people know we'd be studying the word of God right now, but then we don't put it into practice. What kind of deception is that? Can I share something scary with you? The devil doesn't care if you know what this book says. Oh, what? Hold on a second. The devil doesn't care if you know what this book says. He cares about you doing what it says. Oh man, that scares him to death, okay? He doesn't care if you know it. Read it all you want, study it all you want, teach it all you want, but you want me to tell you what, you wanna make the devil tremble in his, in his knees, go and do it. Go and do what Jesus says. Go and do what this book tells us to do and you're gonna become a world changer real quick. In Joshua, it says this, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Careful to do everything written in it. I once heard it said this way, you only believe the parts of the Bible that you actually do. You only believe the parts of the Bible that you actually do. It's evidence. Now, you may be sitting here thinking, but you know, faith isn't about works. And I would say, to you this is that faith without works is dead. It's not that the works earn you the faith. It's not that the works earn your way into heaven, but the works become evidence of the faith that is within you, of the word that's been planted in you, right? When the Bible says to go into all the world and teach them everything I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it's one thing to know it. It's a different thing to actually go and do it. We must be doers of the word. In John 13, it says this, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Not because you know them. Please hear that. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If you do them. So what does God's word say? I'm glad you asked. We're gonna talk about some things that God's word says starting in Matthew chapter seven. It says this, therefore, in verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who has built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. First point I want to make to you of what the word of God says is to be a doer of the word. Being a doer of the word is a firm foundation. Simply being a knower of the word can be a shaky foundation. There's some sand underneath you. What's so great is that God is really good at turning some sand into rock right underneath you. So you might be thinking, oh man, this is kind of challenging. Great, I hope it is a little bit. But I want us to understand that he's leading us to not just be hearers, not to just be knowers, but to be doers of his word. It's another thing the scripture tells us to do. Matthew 22. 
Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. These guys always be causing trouble back then. One of them, an expert in the law, can I just go and pause for a second? I said that, but I wanna, elaborate. You, you all got some friends like that, you know? They be coming around, you know, some trouble's coming, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's what these guys are doing. They call the, their friends up, they're like, hey, we gotta get together. And you're like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea, but they got together. And so one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, they're talking to Jesus. Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So I'm gonna pause right here for a second. In this scenario, I want to know Jesus did not answer their question directly. Here's what I mean by this. They said, they were asking him, which one of the 10 commandments is the most important? And Jesus teaches them something that they don't understand yet. He takes them even deeper into something, right? If any of you have children in the place, you've been in a moment like this before, maybe. I don't know if the kid taught you anything or not, but you'll ask the, your kid a direct question and they respond with something very elaborate, right? Where were you last night? Well, once I woke up as the sun was rising. I realized it was a beautiful day. Like, you know, that's not what I asked you. I asked you a simple question. These Pharisees and Sadducees are kind of irritated in this moment because they asked him a simple question. Hey, pick one, one out of 10. Which one's the greatest one? And he says, you guys don't understand. In fact, I'm gonna sum up all 10 of them into two. And this is a beautiful study, if I could lead you on it. It's a great study to actually see how all 10 of the commandments connect to each one of these two phrases that Jesus shares. But he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's another doing thing that Jesus is teaching us right here in the word of God. It's the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. We must be doers of the word. I was challenged by these words of scripture just last night. We had finished our men's conference. because We had a quick invitation to go have a meal with some people after the conference. How many of you know after you've worked very hard for hours and hours and on four hours of sleep and you got to drive two and a half hours to get where you got to go? you're not really thinking we totally got time to sit down and have a meal right now, right? You're like, we gotta go. But we sat down, we had this meal, and then we got here to Red Bluff much later last night than we had anticipated. And we needed some gas in the car, and I thought, well, let's be efficient. I'll get some gas in the car tonight so I don't have to do it tomorrow before we head back home. And so we go to a gas station, I'm tired, I'm a little grumpy, I saw the Del Taco right there and I just wanted a bean and cheese burrito, you know? but now I gotta go get some gas real quick. And so I go into, I think it was a 76 gas station, just down the way over here, and I walk in there, and the guy behind the counter asked me a question. And I paused and I thought for a moment, how do I wanna respond to this? And I remembered words like this, love your neighbor as yourself. And so I decided, I'm tired, I'm grumpy, I just wanna go to the hotel and sleep, but you know what? Jesus loves this guy too. 
I'm gonna talk to him for a minute. And Lindsay's in the car eating some chicken nuggets from McDonald's, right? I see the car, I'm like, sorry babe, I'll be here in a minute. And I start chatting with this guy. Come to find out, he actually went to a Bible school back in Ohio. And he went to church for a little bit and some things happened in their family and he kind of walked away from his faith some. And I got to talk to him about my journey and my ministry and I actually invited him to come to church this morning. I told him I'm gonna be at High Point. He's like, I don't know if I can come. I said, they'll be online. (laughs) He could join us. But I paused for a moment, why do that? Why do that when you're tired, you're grumpy, you don't really wanna do those things? Why, because God loves him and because I wanna be a doer of the word. I don't just wanna be a knower of it. I wanna be a doer of it. I don't know what kind of eternal impact might come from this moment that I had at a gas station in Red Bluff yesterday for this young man. But I'm trusting that God might have been speaking to his heart and encouraging him about the call of God on his life that he was once pursuing and now is not. And this random dude from Sacramento after a men's conference came in there and encouraged him on his shift. I'm hoping that God can use those moments. I wanna be a doer of the word the great commandment. One more thing that scripture tells us to do is in Matthew 28. It says this, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Parents, if you ever need a really strong phrase before you speak to your children, start with all authority in this house and everywhere else has been given to me. Therefore, go and clean your room, (laughs) okay? Some scripture right there for you, okay? It's really interesting to me that in Matthew 28, when we read these words of the Great Commission, the, the last words that Jesus really speaks to the disciples before his ascension, he says to go into all the world. It's really interesting to me that he has to explain who he was one more time. He had to explain to the people that he'd lived with for three years. They've been with him. They've been around him. Some of them doubted, right? You can recall the story of him, of Jesus's arrest and, you know, his trial, his beating, his crucifixion. Some of them were kind of non-existent in that. They got scared. They ran a little bit. But here they are one more time. And Jesus chooses to say, let me remind you who I am one more time. I'm not just Jesus of Nazareth. I am God himself in human form. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. All authority, I have it. I just need you to understand. This is who's talking to you right now. I am very important. I have all of the authority. So now I am commissioning you to take the mantle that I have worn to reach the world and go do it. So go, and not just as a one-time thing. Like, I I love this understanding of the text here. The way we understand the words, the way they are written in the original language here is it's an ongoing verb. What that means is it's probably better said, as you are going, be doing these things. 
It's not, it doesn't just mean go on a short-term mission trip, although I support that and I work for Global Passion and they're great and you should totally do that. It's incredible. It's going to change your life and it's going to change the world for his kingdom. But it's saying everywhere you go, this is what you should be doing, making disciples everywhere you go and teach them to obey what I have commanded you. This is where it all comes together for me. Teaching is done in a variety of ways. It's not just reading. It's not just taking an exam. It's actually showing people how to do things. I love the idea of apprenticeship that I think we miss a lot in our world today. There was an era in our country where to go pursue the skilled trades, you would become an apprentice. It still exists today. There's just a tremendous need in many of those industries. And you would become an apprentice. I would call that a disciple. And you would go and you would learn from others how to do those skills and those trades and those crafts so then you could work your way up to become a journeyman, right? And now be able to teach others how to do those things. It really bums me out that the skilled trades have done a better job of this than the church of Jesus Christ. Because they can teach someone how to be a welder. They can teach someone how to be you know, uh, an electrician that can teach them how to do those things, but we are called to teach people eternal realities that are so much greater than those things. And it looks the same way, that as we're going, we're making disciples. He's inviting us into this reality of raising up others. We don't just do that by telling them what to do, we do it by showing them what to do. We do it by showing them what to do. Come with me, let me show you. Hey, you really should pray more. You're having a hard time. I want to encourage you to pray. What if you said, hey, I pray every day at 6 a.m. Why don't you come to my house and pray with me? That'd be cool and scary because you got to clean up the night before, before they come over. (laughs) But what if we change the reality? What if we actually decided that we wanted to be doers of the word in this way? What if we said, we want to participate with you, Jesus, in building your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven? And so in everything that I do, I'm going to do it for your glory, but not just for myself. I'm going to invite others into it, just like you did. This is actually really cool, this understanding. Jesus invited others into his life to come and see how it looked to do these things. That was not how it worked back then either. Back then, if you wanted to go follow a rabbi, you had to go ask to follow that rabbi. You would go up to them and basically apply to say, will you accept me? Will you take me in? Can I follow after you? Jesus flipped that thing upside down and he started going around to people that already got dismissed from that calling and started to say, hey, you come follow me. Hey, John, you're cool, man. Come on, let's go. What, me? Sweet. You read these stories, right? And these guys, Matthew, he goes up to him, the tax collector, says, come follow me. He's like, later, tax collection job. See you later. There's the moments of him calling the disciples. They left their dad in the boat, for goodness sake, right? Poor dude. (laughs) They're like, see you later, dad. We out of here, man, right? And so they come, they follow him. But here's what I want you to grasp from this. We don't have to wait for people to come to us. We can pursue them. We can show them what this life looks like. I hope you're catching this with me today. I hope you're understanding that it's not just these few things, but God is, has chosen. His plan A for the world is you and me. I don't know if I think it's a good plan or not, but I trust it because it's his. And he decided that we would be the ones who are gonna do this. So here's what I wanna do today. 
We're going to take a couple of moments to pray together. And the first is I want to pray for the sick in the house. I'm going to invite the worship team to come if they could. It says this in James chapter 5. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. So in just a few moments, the worship team's coming up and they're just gonna play a little music for us. And I'm gonna invite you to join us in this time of worship. But if you are in this house and you have an illness, you have something, some kind of infirmity in your body, you need a physical healing from God, I'm gonna ask you if you're able to come down here to the front with us. After that, I'm gonna come back up here and I'm gonna ask you if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life to come down and we wanna pray for you too. So as the worship team starts to play, I wanna invite you guys to stand and worship with us. And if you're in this house and you need a touch from God in your body, I want you to come down front and I wanna come and anoint you with oil and pray for you. And if you're here and you're on the pastoral team or some of our prayer team, if you wanna join us down here, we're gonna love for you to come join us as we pray as well. And for those of you that are in the congregation that don't need this prayer moment, I'm gonna invite you to do two things, to worship and to pray over the folks that are down here. We're gonna do what scripture says. I'm gonna, we're gonna anoint you with oil and we're gonna pray the prayer of faith. It's a prayer that says we serve a God who is able and capable and willing to heal his people. And so that's what we're gonna pray for today, in faith that God will heal you for coming down here. Okay, and so here's what I want to say before we do this. Friends, I want you to know this. We're going to pray. We're going to believe that today God is going to heal you. But I want to give you the encouragement right now is even if that doesn't happen like this, that God is still at work and he's still desiring and accomplishing his work within you and through you. And we don't always understand how it works and why it works. But we know this. We serve a God who heals. And so we're going to pray for that healing in your body today. And we're going to trust him for that. So worship team, will you pray? Friends, will you join us in prayer? And we're just gonna go and pray for all these folks down here in front, okay? Join us. This is my 